ending of that song? It's a good ending. Hello, welcome. It's me, Raina, and Kathy, and mm -hmm. we are a mother-daughter duo talking about our just anything and everything near and dear to our heart. We go deep into our conversations, and sometimes we get lost along the way, but we're inviting you in to madness to experience it for yourself. It's true. We have no sense of direction, and you really never know what you're going to get, and honestly, I just took a sip. This is not a commercial, so I won't show you what it is. I just took a sip of this, and I need to burp. Let her rip. I think on podcasts, that's okay. Yeah, you edit just... that out if I knew how. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing, we're doing this a little different because we're going into, um, well, March Madness, I like to call it. And I know March Madness right. is different for a different thing, but um, it is uh, spring break. Woo, woo. Kiddos are home. Yeah, kiddos are home. So we You're just figured. recording. Yeah. And also, you know what else? It's, it's a good thing because I have a hair appointment on Wednesday. There you go. It's a good thing. Otherwise, I'd be by myself. I know, or we we do it at a different time. We, we adapt, overcome, improvise. Yeah. So um, that is who we are. We are like infantrymen, but we are women. We are infantry women. I mean, we've talked about this before. That is a Clint Eastwood um, quote from Heartbreak Ridge. Adapt, overcome, and improvise. And I think that that's motherhood. I think that's just life. I think that's, yeah, just being a human being. Ew. Um, <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Mama? Well, you know, you kind of, we were going to talk about, we were going to do a part two, and then we're like, we're too new for a part two. <laughs> I don't think we'd keep people's attention with a part two, would we? Could we? I don't know. But so we decided we were going to kind of talk about, I have said this a few times, about not having the eye of the tiger, like not having the, the drive that I used to have. Um, and then you kind of look at life and think, like, why am I not feeling the same way or trying to push as hard as I used to? I even took a, a course, which was really good. It actually was a kind of an aha moment for a completely different reason um, for me than everyone else who was in the course. Um, but the, the strategies were about goals, leveling up, and really they never called it the eye of the tiger, but really it's like when you're driven and that, I mean, you think about the eye of the tiger. And I mean, I remember uh, training for the death race, good Lord. And that song playing in my head, running down this hill, air punching. And yeah, it's in your head, right? Like I even used, yeah, every I even used it when I was doing a budget with one of my ops managers. I was like, "Yeah, we can. We've never done it before," and I'm like, "We've got this." I think we use that like sometimes in our warm ups for basketball and different stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's that song that just gets you charged up with that raw. I I think I I don't even know if it is like it'll ever be not that kind of song. Like, what other song could it be? I don't think it could be anything else. So we were just talking about that. And then in our conversation, which was not recorded, because we do have conversations that are- We don't always record ourselves. No. Shocker. We, yeah. Oh my gosh, I just thought about what that means. <laughs> they don't get it. Sarah <laughs> would get it. So would Michelle, the shocker. <laughs> Um, let's keep it PG, okay? Let's try to keep it for the... Oh. <laughs> we'll wait for her to come back. She's almost done. Nope. <laughs> She's silent laughing for those of you who don't have video on this. Oh, yeah, I'm going to hiss her. Oh. <clears throat> that pop is 
really good by just the burps. <laughs> and we're back, ladies and gentlemen. We're raining it back in. I'm raining it back in. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. So <laughs> it happens. Sometimes the giggles just get you. Get you. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, we just were talking and you had some very profound points and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't remember them. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read, because what I did was I went and I kind of looked up what these words meant. Um, goals. And I think, I don't know if everyone has goals, but we're told if, if we're going to achieve anything, we have to have goals. I don't, I, what do you think about that? Like, do you think that's wrong, right? No, I think like everybody has goals. Like, and I think we're, I think we're taught that, that as a strategy towards achievement, towards working towards accomplishing something and becoming successful, air quotes, and, you know, all of those things. So I don't necessarily think that it's bad, especially, you know, someone such as myself who has a difficult time organizing my thoughts and what I need to do and how I need to do it. If you have a goal, um, you can create a plan to work towards that certain goal, right? I think it just depends on the context of the goal, what, how it's serving you is. And I think a lot of times the that's the key part of goals is, and I've learned that the hard way, and I know you probably have too, is sometimes you can get so wrapped up in the end result of the goal or what you think the end result will get you that you lose sight of whether or not it's actually serving you in a way that is beneficial to you, right? Or, or you're one of those people who you have to have an end game. You have to have a re like some, somewhere to get to, but you sabotage yourself before you get to it. Oh man. Or for actually fear of success, fear of failure, whatever those uh, like, see, this wasn't a planned part of our conversation. No. And you know, it even goes into imposter syndrome. Oh dang. Big right? Time. Big time. So, interestingly, like when you look at the definition of a goal, it's the end towards which effort is directed. And synonyms for goals are aim, ambition, drive, aspiration, objective, dream, vision, plan, strategy. Yeah. But what type of person are you? And I love that you said in the beginning, how does it serve you? Right. And, you know, I like to think of myself as a planner. I like to have a plan, or I think I think I like to have a plan. I have a lot of sticky notes um, and I do have objectives, but this is kind of how the topic came up. At this point in my life, I have reached a lot of success and a lot of goals uh, in my youth. I, I did that. Uh, and then I retired and then I went, now what? Wait, what? I'm, I'm, I, yes, exactly. I am a task oriented, goal oriented person. Yeah. And I think too, like what that's bringing up for me thinking about all this is like, you know, we are in a, a society that is like, it's capitalism. It's you have to hustle. Like, I really don't actually love that word. <laughs> But you have to hustle and you have to be the best and you have to strive and you have to achieve and you have to work so hard to get to the top. Like success is this um, image of being like at the top of your group, at the top of the pack and being a leader and, um, you know, having success through working yourself to a certain point. And I think what ends up happening is because we don't have a lot of guidance around um, breaking apart our goals and, and coming to terms with how they're serving us and what we're getting from them and why we want them. We just have like, it's almost like 
the only thing I can think to compare it to is like prey drive and animals. It's like, we just know that's what we're taught we're supposed to be doing. And I think that it almost ends up developing into like what it made me think of is the link between, you know, we've talked about STURBS before. So short-term energy relieving behaviors that are coping mechanisms and keeping ourselves busy and working towards something so that we don't have to deal with other things going on that make us uncomfortable question because the norm is for us to work towards this level of success and if we question that and if we stop for a second and say hey wait a minute I don't know if that's really like what I want I feel like I want something maybe that looks a little bit different than that um if we stop and ask those questions then it becomes uncomfortable it becomes something people don't know how like I don't know how that works. So maybe you should just keep going down this path because that's what we're all doing. And I think it's the same thing with like, you know, women being, and men have their things too. But like, from my experience, just like, you know, you go to school, you get married, you have kids, you know, like these are the things that you do in life and you don't really ask any questions. And I think it's a lot different now. Women aren't doing that, but that's kind of just what it made me think of. I don't know. And it's, it, everyone's journey is so different. And I think like after going through this year of COVID and, you know, the, the two camps, the, the two huge differences of opinion and how, how much we have this fight to be right and to be heard um, e- either side. And it's like, it, it, and it's brought up about so much anger and the inability to listen, but um, the other, the, the positive in COVID, I think what it did for a lot of us is if we had to sit back on our heels, we had to actually slow down. There was absolutely no other um, recourse. There was nothing, yeah. you know, we were, this is, this is it. Then what started happening is people got accustomed to it. And then you started to, I would say the next big thing was like that level up, that song, level up, level up. Everybody does it. They tap their, their screen and they become something else. Like you're, you're just leveling up. So I looked up, I'm like, what is level up? So the slang version of level up is to increase one's stature in life. So the example they gave was for me to level up would be when I got, and I don't have a degree, so I didn't level up there, but I got my degree that I leveled up my education. Um, so it's, it's not, it's a thing. It's like a status thing. Right. And none of these things are bad. We just wanted to talk about from our perspective, you know, what does that mean? And I think, you know what, throughout COVID and even looking at you, being able to realize how much you've leveled up in a lot of things that you're doing. And you might, you may look at yourself and go, wait, wait what, what are you, what are you talking about? Like my life. Um, but I can, I, and I would say like the examples in, in your activism, in, in your speaking out about things people don't want to talk about, that's leveling up. That's hard stuff. And in that there's a goal. What's the goal for you, Raina, in actually, talking about those things I mean really it's just raising awareness for things that directly impact my life and so many other people's lives so it's just bringing attention and awareness and education like proper education and information to people right and you know you and what has been so um uh I've learned so much but so enlightening is how you've, you've gone on this journey and you found out like professionals that you would lean into for um, knowledge and the right answers don't have the right answers a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, we can go like that. I, that is really, I believe, one of the strongest points in the COVID camps because there isn't a lot of information and it's always changing. And so people just get extremely frustrated, frightened, uh, whatever. And then they're, they're just going to hang on to what they have to hang on to. Mm-hmm. This is the hill they're going to die on. And um, so having that kind of 
goal, which is your goal is to bring awareness for things that people don't talk about, like chronic illness, uh, chronic pain, uh, endometriosis, autism, mm -hmm. uh, neuro, neuro diversity, yeah. Neurodiversity. See, these are all words I'm learning, but these are things that need to be talked about. And I love that. And it might not have even been a, a, a thing. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. If it, it, it wasn't maybe even a, a, like you sat down and you're writing down, okay, my to-do list is, and these are my goals for this year. Like mm -hmm. in January, you just sit down and go, you know what my goals for this year are? No. No, I, I really didn't. And it just, again, it's, I think it's, it's one of those things that just ends up kind of naturally happening out of really necessity because I think people become advocates when they have to I don't think it's anything someone like to be perfectly honest I don't think it's anything someone just decides that they need to do unless they're they're living some hardship or some uh, something that needs to be something that needs to be brought to the forefront and and needs change and needs uh to have their voice heard i think it's i think a lot of times too honestly um you'd rather not have to be an advocate <laughs> it's kind of one of those things right it's it's something that just happens because you need to make change happen and so i think in that though so it's become a goal and so in that, I guess, like when you level up, there's got to be like it, it I, this stuff that I looked up, there were like five points and it says, choose one main thing you want to accomplish. Undoubtedly, you will have more things going on at the same time, but you got to focus on that one area. Define resources. The next step is knowing how you will accomplish the goal. Simplify the system, which I like, I love that because I was like, how many times do we complicate it? Then it's like, focus on the compound effect, evaluate what you've done and seek to improve it. So I was actually kind of surprised when I read this because I went level up. I felt, oh my gosh, like it's, they're wanting me to do more and be more and be cooler and, and, and know all the stuff and, and, you know, be on the cutting edge. But actually it's really just helping you define what you're doing and it doesn't right. have to be where you kill yourself to get there, then we get to, and we'll come back to that, but then you get to the eye of the tiger that we talked about. And it's really, <clears throat> when we talk about like what people think of the eye of the tiger, it's like a feeling of confidence or internal power and strength. It's like they, they, they go on to say, rising up, going the distance, put forth the effort and get back the cutting edge, advance and hunger, passion to survive and or succeed, however difficult the challenge is perceived to be, you know, do or die. And then I was like, okay, then I looked up the true meaning of Eye of the Tiger and we were talking about this before. <laughs> it's actually what an animal sees before they die. Right. When a tiger goes to eat them, kill them, it is the back of the tiger's ears and there's two circles on every tiger. And so if you see the eye of the tiger, it's too late. Right. So it's like I'm laughing about that and I'm like, oh, okay. And I guess like when you think of in Rocky, yeah, the, the tiger, it was like, yeah, he's going to obliterate this other guy. Right. Um, but we've made it something like it's just you're powerful and you're just going to go for it. And um, so I used that eye of the tiger, not really actually even knowing what it meant that I was going for the jugular. Like right. it didn't, it, that was never my intent. <laughs> yeah. I think it can be taken many ways probably. Right. Totally. Totally. And, and when you, you think of um, like, and we can talk about ourselves. We're both entrepreneurs. Um, we're both mothers. I'm a grandmother. Um, I'm a wife. You're a wife. I'm a sister. You're a sister. We're a lot of things. Right. I'm a friend. Um, I've been an executive. Uh, I have been a server. Uh, I have been a, a teacher. And I've been a, a coach. 
Uh, there's so many different things, and I'm not talking teacher in school, like teacher, more like a mentor kind of thing. Um, but in that, it's like, I took this class and it was six weeks. And I remember every Zoom call dreading it. I never said anything in any class. Because right. I did not have any of the same visions, dreams, aspirations, although I was an entrepreneur and really knew in the business. And that's where I was like, oh, that might be what the problem is. I'm not hungry enough. I'm not pushing hard enough. I'm not any of these things. And that was not anything that this no. class was talking about. So it's all you, right? But I had achieved, like they were working towards the house of their dreams. I live in the house of my dreams. They were working towards that car. Like, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm all that in a bag of chips, but I worked really hard for a lot of years and I, I achieved a lot of success. Yeah. So a lot of things that they were looking for, monetary things they were looking for. Didn't apply. And I think too, like, I think you really need to mention like it, it, it's so different in the season of life that you're in. You know, like we, we talked a lot about, we had a, a big conversation about how, you know, women after they retire, it's like, it's a big shock and it's a big change and you still want to have purpose and you still want to do things with your life, but it's, it's so different because you're in a different place, right? Totally. Yeah, and, and we talked about like when um, the things that we, you know, what happens when you go for it? What are the sacrifices that you make? Um, like what falls by the wayside? What are the, the like, and, and what suffers? Right. And what about burnout? And, and, then, and then actually how you feel when you, Say you have burnt out. Say you're like, I mean, people get sick because they've pushed themselves so hard. There, there can be medical emergencies because stress is a killer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, striving so hard for something. And I'll go right back to it. Like, how is it serving you? When you're striving so hard for something you're super passionate about, it doesn't feel like work. When you're striving for something because you think that's what you're supposed to do. That's when I think it becomes yeah. different. Well, and I think too, an important point to make just from my own experience, because everything you're talking about definitely applies. Like I've gone through all of those things. I think it really ties into external validation and recognition. So I think people who strive, not all people who strive, this isn't a generalization, but from my own experience, people who are working themselves into the ground or become just completely immersed in like nothing else matters, but that goal and they're, you know, workaholics are running themselves into the ground and just 24 um, seven are seeking validation and recognition for their efforts. And there's so many reasons and you could go dig into all of that. There are so many things behind that, but I think that's a huge part of what clouds your vision um, in sit, stepping back, stepping outside of something. Cause when you're in the thick of it, you're just like hyper focused on that goal. Um, it's hard to take a step back and ask yourself like, wait, is this actually serving me in the ways that I had envisioned or that I actually desire, or am I just trying to prove something? Am I trying to like, what do I have to prove? And I think for a lot of years for myself, I was trying to prove so many different things. I was trying to validate myself and get recognition for how hard I tried, how hard I worked how like how much I put into it. And I always wanted to be, at the top. And I don't even think I ever asked myself why it just was, I just felt like that was necessary. And I definitely went through major burnout periods, health issues, 
all of the hard lessons and repeat the cycle, rinse and repeat, you know, like, yeah. To answer that or like, like why you were doing it, I think it really goes back to the fitting in, um, you know, versus belonging. Uh, and I mean, and that's not for everybody. And we will reiterate the fact that it's like, you can be driven. And as long as you are taking care of yourself and your needs, and I can say that uh, for years, and my success came at a price. Uh, my success uh, came at a price, um, you know, luckily, you, you girls had uh, grown up and were had, I, I had my kids so young that, um, I mean, I was 40 and you guys were in your late teens. Sarah was 20, you were 18 and Jill was 17. And then shortly after everyone moved out. Mm -hmm. Not like you still didn't need me, right. but I had, I had tunnel vision. And I've, I've always said this I'm like about being multitaskers. Women, that was the big thing. You'd see it on a, on a resume. And I used to say, well, you know, if they're really, if they say they're good at multitasking, they're lying. <laughs> I used to say it too. And it's like, you're, you're not good at a lot of things. You, you're juggling way too many balls. And my job was to put out fire. So I get to be in something, fix it and move on to something else, which worked really great with my brain. But when I used to try to do everything, I didn't do anything well. And so I can tell you that having a career where I was so driven that my, I had very little time for anything else. My life was, I worked 12 to 14 hour days uh, and that was Monday through Sunday. Right. And I can say, oh, you know, I, actually I was talking to a friend yesterday and no one ever says, and I mean, I haven't been to many deathbeds, but nobody, I really don't think anybody says at the end, oh man, I really wish I would have worked more. Right. I, say I really wish I would have actually been there for yeah. my kids or I really wish I could have you know spent time with my mother I wish I would have called her right I didn't because I was too busy right I didn't get the opportunity and so that's going down a whole nother you know path but it's like you don't of course we're going to have regrets in our life nothing is perfect and nothing is, is we, we aren't perfect. We're flawed and we're going to make mistakes and you can use those mistakes to learn from, but it's like, just, I'll keep going back to your point. How does it serve you? Yeah. Is it serving you? Because sitting on your bed with your laptop, your iPad, your phone at two o'clock in the morning working, then you end up in the hospital have that when they think you're having little strokes and you're going well why <laughs> right and you scare a neurologist this is me I scared the neurologist he I had to take all these tests I was so pissed off that I had to wear a heart monitor thing over the weekend I was going out for dinner and I had to wear this thing and I was just like I this is so, this is so inconvenient I'm fine and it turned out that I had mini strokes TM I, it's not TMJ. I can't even remember the term of the No, term. that wouldn't be TMJ. No. I, I do have that. But, um, anyway, uh, I went into his office and he said to me after like all my tests and he said, you know what, Kath, you, everything looks good. But he said, you scared me. And I was like, Michael? And he had this really cool accent. He was a very, very nice man. Didn't have a cell phone, had a pager. If you wanted to get a hold of him, you called him on a landline. If he, he did. He didn't have any of that stuff. I don't have time for that. I'm not going to do that to myself. And he said, you know, Kathy, a woman came in a week before you and died of the exact, had the same symptoms. Do you want to end your life this way? And that was the February before I retired. And your father went, yeah, you're, you're working half days and you're not working on Friday. So I ended up, I was working four days, four and a half days a week to gradually retire. And I had the hardest time. Yeah. I, I couldn't sleep. I was just, it was like a, a horrible time when you're so geared. 
when you're so I, switched on, you're so like forward. I could, have, I could have lost my life. Yeah. I could have had a stroke, I, I, any, like any number of things. And, you know, I'm not being a doomsdayer or whatever, but I'm just saying like, no. if your health is like, if you are so stressed out, you got to check in with yourself. Um, you know, your body will let you know too. Like, listen to it. Listen to it. Yeah, it it tries to help you out. <laughs> Maybe like, excuse me. And, I, and you know what? I guess that's the other thing is we are conditioned not to listen to ourselves. Right. To fit in, you've got to listen to other people. Don't don't listen to your own intuition. When yeah. your gut's telling you something. I'd actually take a step back and go, thanks, Frank, but yeah. I'm, I'm just, and, and maybe it, will, it, it might be Francine, but I'm just going to say, you know what? I feel like this. And, you yeah. know, we can't be led by our feelings. Right. We can listen to our feelings and evaluate. Well, and I think like in, in my experience, I think when you're so, again, hyper-focused on reaching a goal at whatever cost and you're not asking yourself the question how is this serving you and you were talking about all the things you need to sacrifice I think a lot of the times we sacrifice ourselves big time in the equation like we don't even consider taking care of ourselves if anything like you said it's that you get frustrated with yourself that you can't do more or that, oh God, why, why am I so tired? Or why do I have this headache? Or this is so annoying. I don't have time for this. I need to, I need to be here. I need to be doing this. And I think there's this misconception or this myth that like, you know, in order to be the best, you never call in sick. You never take a sick day, you never take a mental health day. You, you just show up regardless if you want it bad enough, you, you need to step up to the plate and you, you see it in, all the movies, all the media, all the stories you hear about success are these like, you know, these just super gritty, hard, um, like stories of overcoming all of these things, obstacles, obstacles, and especially like ignore, completely disregarding your health or I like, Oh, I was so sick and throwing up, but I still showed up. I still did it. And you know, and as some sort of badge of honor, you know, and, and believe me, like I, I bought into that. I bought into that narrative for the longest time is that, you know, you just, if you want something bad enough and you want to be the best, you never show weakness. You never show that you, you can't do it. You always have to be able to do it. Right. Well, I even remember uh, I was talking to my friend about work and I said, you know, I did such a disservice for the people coming after me, right. which I didn't, I didn't even realize. I set the bar so high uh, and unrealistically um, for the people coming after me because I did, and I'm not saying I'm superhuman. I was just so driven and so task oriented and so, um, very much insecure about, like, I definitely, I get told, I don't feel like I have imposter syndrome anymore, but I, I mean, it's, you know, the, the effects of it are there. I had like, what if somebody really figures out, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And so I would work early. I'd be, I'd be early. Then the people who worked for me would start being early. Then I would, I would stay late. I would be the last person out. Then I would notice that my staff was doing the same thing. And it's like, oh, and then when you move into another position and when you had done all the jobs and then there's like four other people who need it, then the, the, the other senior managers are saying, well, you could do that. And it's like the com company's different now. There's way more to it. And I was almost killing myself. Like I could see what I had done yeah. and I, I didn't want other people. I did have the, I think I did have the wherewithal to say, I didn't want other people to, to do what I did. And I gradually started to learn that, yeah, you, you can't, you, I can't you ask sustain. people. You can't sustain no. that, that type of, and I think that's what we both learned the hard way is you can't sustain it. There comes to be a point where you're just like either your body or your mental health or whatever else kind of 
stops you in your tracks and you have to take a really good hard look at what you're doing and recognize that you can't continue. And totally. And I, and I think like we're talking about working for a corporation or another um, business and, and, you know, entrepreneurs and I, I do. Or know even this, for yourself though. But I, I was going to say entrepreneurs in order to be successful, there's this like this thought process. And I mean, there's a lot of competition out there. Yeah. So competition can get in the way. But it's like, okay, so you're starting a business and they say to you, you know what, you're in order to be successful. And I don't think they're wrong. You have to sacrifice. You have to have somebody alongside you, or if you're on your own, just be able to have the goal, level up and make it, put it in the bite-sized chunks uh, and, and do what you need to do to get there. And, but not at the risk of your health. I mean, that's the, the one thing that we, we probably always want to come back to, but I get it like entrepreneurs. And I mean, you see people um, where it's just getting bigger and like, you know, companies are like, it started out really, really small out of a bucket. And then it becomes this huge, you know, like it was a dream. And then it just becomes this huge thing. Well, that person isn't doing it alone anymore because they have to, they, they have to have other people. But well, I think I, I can I can definitely speak to that in in a probably a smaller scale scale. But in my experience, working for a network marketing um, company, an MLM company, for a long time, while I was working full time, I my goal was to leave my corporate job and work for myself from home, so I could be with my kids. And so again, like there was no taking the foot off the gas pedal. It was 110% all the time. And it was a social media based business. So you could never turn it off. There was no evenings and weekends, like it was 24 seven. And it starts off just you. But then you're building a team of others who want to do the same thing as you and it starts to trickle down. And you assume this leadership role and it goes from just you you know, selling something to coaching other, like a whole team of people and providing training and like leadership calls and team calls and coming up with rewards for your team and retreats or different, different things. It becomes this huge thing really, really quickly um, that is really difficult to manage if you're not doing it 24 seven and there are definitely ways you can do that now where you can outsource and all of those things. But for me at that time, I didn't know. And I was just trying to manage the best I could. And I remember I hit my goal right after I gave birth to Brody. Um, I really needed some time to recover after Brody's birth for many reasons, but I didn't, I didn't take maternity leave because I couldn't. I was, I remember being on my phone the day after I had him, he was nursing and I was answering messages and selling products and answering questions and, and, you know, doing all the things that I had to do to keep my stuff afloat. And I never took a break because I knew I had worked so hard to get to that place. And with that type of business, you can't take a vacation because it just doesn't, work that way it's just not set up that way so that's the hard way so, so when you were wanting to leave your corporate job and have this job as a stay-at-home mom what is your advice now though because like listening to you, how much time did you have for your children well yeah that's the thing I definitely you know I was home and I was trying the best that, that I could to manage being home with two kids under three and a half at that time and yeah I I remember just being like this isn't what I thought it was gonna be I can't I couldn't be present I had a really hard time being present and you throw in all the things of like after just having a baby and all those things um it looked very different than than what I thought and I wasn't able to be as present as I wanted to be with my kids for sure. And also even with your job. Oh, definitely. 
I have a question. Sure. When when you're not where you'd hoped you'd think, like when you're not where you hoped you'd be, um, like do you start to feel like you're a failure? Do you start to feel like you're not good enough? Do you compare yourself? And what would be your just your 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 wisdom on how to maybe cut yourself some slack? I definitely like all of the above <laughs> for me. Like um, one thing that I will say that I've been working really hard on and I continue to work hard on is I am exceptionally hard on myself. And I, I just think that some people, I think some people are just born with that type of temperament where they're just, they really want, um, they're really hard on themselves. I don't know how else to put it, but what I would say that when I look back at those times and the things that I've been through, um, I guess to put it into perspective, I think it's always a really good idea when you're having those moments, when you're thinking those things, when you're comparing yourself, when you're feeling like a, a failure. Um, one of the things I learned, and I think it was actually through therapy, to be honest with you, is to make a list of the things that you have accomplished that you um the things that you know build you up rather than tear you down so taking a look at because one of the other things that I think is really important to mention is when you're doing all this striving one of the things that when I look back I never took any time to appreciate what I had accomplished to stop and go, wow, I did that. Oh my God. Like after I went home from my corporate job, I think I got to leave like two months before Brody was born. And I remember getting home. And of course it's a busy time anyways, because you're about to have a baby and all of these things. But I never like had like a celebration for my like I not that I would have like a big party or anything, but I never had that time to sit down and go, holy crap, I literally in one year replaced my corporate salary with another income. And now I am able to be home and work for myself. I just I just kept going and I kept you know, comparing and feeling like a failure and an imposter and all those things and not taking a look at the things that I had had done. And, you know, even even in the, the fact that you were saying, like, you know, I, I wasn't going to throw a big party or anything. And it's like, no, you know what? You it's probably should have. Probably like, should have thrown a big party. Because we don't. No. We don't. And, and, and people who Done do. The next, right? Sometimes you look at it and think, like, I think they are. Like getting a, and it's like, no, you know what? We need to celebrate the wins. We do right. need to celebrate because you've done a lot to get there. And um, I just, yeah, you sacrificed a lot. You, you really, and I, I think um, multi-level marketing jobs uh, are not as, uh, don't have the stigma uh, as much anymore. And I hope they, they do. Still do. Uh, but you know what? It's, it's, I don't, there are amazing people out there doing amazing things. And I say, you know, if it, if it lights a fire in you. And oh my you gosh. Feel and there are different ways to do it, right? Like yeah. there are ways in which people, you know, they have systems and they're able to, to do these things in a way that, that doesn't do what it did to me. Um, I just think, again, this is all like, not a generalization that for everyone, I'm definitely not knocking anyone who who's doing those types of businesses for sure. But it's just, I don't know, it's just realizations I've had after. Um, and I think this probably will just resonate with people who have similar type of personality, right? Like, where you just really sacrifice yourself in an effort to get something that you hope will be will be the thing that fixes all the things. And, yeah, and you know, what's interesting is like, we can throw in the, the, the curveball of being women in business uh, and like inequality or just having to struggle to get the same notoriety, the same pay, the same, like just, you know, there's an added 
there's an added little, not a little, it's a big step. And that's where like, you know, you put that burden and stress on, on you. And I think I want to celebrate all women who are stepping into who, who they are made to be and taking the chances. And, you know, like I've talked to a few women in business uh, that I don't even actually know. I, I know them on, on Instagram and I'm just cheerleaders for them. And then just, you know, listening to their stories and their like insecurities. And then I think in my head, how can you be insecure? You're amazing. You're like a light. You're, you're lighting the way for others, for other women coming behind you by stepping into this boldly. And I just, I'm at this stage of my life and I was thinking about it. Um, it's like, okay, I've reached where like all the things that the things I, I reached and now what, like we kind of talked, touched on that in the beginning. Well, my purpose, that's what's changed. My drive, my goals, um, my leveling up line up with my purpose and in my purpose, oh my gosh, it feels so good because I can say no now. Yeah something I don't want to do. I didn't say no before. I was saying yes to all the things. And that's something that when you are lined up with your purpose, which for me is now to give back, not just monetarily, but um, my knowledge, um, my experience, the things I did wrong, if I can help another woman, I will do that. Right. And that brings something so powerful and so meaningful. So I don't worry about disappointing people because I'm going to. Right. I worry about, am I being, um, is my integrity intact? Am I lined up with my purpose? And my eye of the tiger, my level up, my goals, my killer attitude, it is all slightly different but I'm going, I'm still reaching for something. Right. The pain may be different, yeah. but I'm not, and I, I'm happy where I am. Yeah, and I think that that obviously comes from experiences that you, like, that we've gone through, that we've had, and, like, that we're still having. But I think it's so important now after being through what you go through in that journey, and I think everybody in some way, shape, or form goes through things like this, you start to recognize that, you know, it's, it's about a balance. And I remember, I remember a long, not a long time ago, but a while ago, I used to be like, there's no such thing as balance. People mm-hmm. made that up. It doesn't actually exist. You can't have it. Balance bullshit I've heard that term yeah and if you like if you want to make it or you want to be successful balance doesn't exist you have to work 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 and then you get to a certain point where maybe (laughs) where maybe at the end um like once you're once you're established then you can start to have a bit of balance and that might be true in some cases for some things um but I think I don't know for everybody it's different but for me where I'm at in my age and stage of life which is different than yours obviously is um I really value balance in terms of what output I'm willing to do for like I'm not willing to run myself into the ground anymore um and I reevaluated what that actually means for my life it means my life has to look different. Maybe I don't have the level of success and income and, you know, that sort of thing. Can we back up a little bit on level of success in, in whose eyes? What, and, and again, it's so hard on podcasts to do air quotes all the time and it's kind of annoying. So I'm trying not to do air quotes, but we're going to put like a bracket around the word success as it's defined by capitalism, as it's defined by today's society where everybody's trying to make the most money and have the biggest houses and cars and 
you know, all of these things, the things, things, right? And so for me, my perspective on that stuff has changed greatly. I would rather have balance in my life and, um, and really like just um, time for the things that actually serve me and my family rather Mm -hmm. than chasing after the success um, at whatever cost because I've done it multiple times and found out when you get to the end of the road when you're at that like x marks the spot where you're like woo, I've got the success you kind of in my experience I've looked around and gone well shit that's not what I thought it was gonna be you know right yeah and and I think that there's like, like again with all of this I mean we could like many of our topics, we could go back to so many things, so many points. But the bottom line is, um, I think what we're trying to say is we've le- we haven't learned from everything, but we've learned valuable lessons from mistakes that we've made. Um, and even in those mistakes, there was success. Like you know, there's what been I mean? repeats of those mistakes. Totally. Repeat. Sometimes it sometimes it takes a few times to learn, but. Um, but again, you can still have success and mistakes. But what we're saying is just honestly, if you take a look at your life and what really matters to you as a person, your integrity, your values, and the dream that you have, however that looks for you, we celebrate you. Do it however you need to do. And, and yes. we, we just say, you know, learn from um, your mistakes. If you ever, there are amazing teachers out there, educators, different podcasts, books um, to, to look and listen to. But um, we're just two, two gals just chatting about our journey. And we just are so grateful that you guys would uh, spend a little bit of time with us in a different way. She's turning on the song. That means we're wrapping it up. I'm trying to have any filters today to play with. Thank you so much, Raina. You are amazing. Thanks for sharing this time with me. You're amazing. Thank you for sharing this time with me. Bye.